You know what I really like? I really, really like a good safety net. Anyone here like a good safety net? Well, we'll keep thinking about it. Maybe by the end of the sermon we will. That was a joke. All right. Think about, see, there's a, there's a number of years ago, I don't know, maybe five or seven years ago, where Sarah and I would watch a lot of the, the ta- like the reality talent shows, you know, on TV. And a number of them would be some sort of daredevil, death-defying, look how high I can climb this ladder, do these flips, jump off these trampolines, whatever it is. And I always felt reassured as a viewer when I could see that there was a big pad or sometimes a literal safety net. But then sometimes as the shows would get on and get to the finals or whatever, they would hype it up as, we're removing the safety net. We're removing the pad. We're removing the cushioning to make this more dangerous. We've all heard this kind of stuff, right? I never enjoyed that as a viewer. If I felt it watching it like someone could actually get hurt, for me, it was, I see enough pain and hurt and loss. I don't want to watch this on TV. That's, I don't like watching the drama shows either. I always watch something funny usually when I'm watching TV. But it got me to learn that I really prefer safety nets. I like having the cushion. I like knowing there's something else there. But it's not just the physical safety net. Because in our lives, we rely on safety nets, right? Perhaps we make backup plans. Or we have the emergency checking or savings accounts. We know that we have these safety nets in mind. We know that if we get locked out of our house, then the church has a key. Not everybody? No, just me? Thanks. We're We're waking up today. I know it's a holiday weekend. But see, having those safety nets, knowing there's something there to catch me if I fall, can be really reassuring. The man in our passage today had a great safety net, and he was relying upon it. But Jesus told him not to. Let's listen to the passage again and see if we can identify the man's safety net. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one's good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, shall not commit adultery, shall not steal, shall not bear false witness, shall not defraud. Honor your mother and father. He said to him, Teacher, I've kept all of these since my youth. Teacher, Jesus looking at him, loved him, and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the man heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Did we pick up on the man's safety net? His wealth. Right? Because the thing about it is money is a pretty terrific safety net. It really is. Wealth is very easy to fall back on. The problem with it is that whenever we have something else that we know or at least fully believe that we can always rely on, that we have that safety net there, then that can keep us from fully relying on Jesus 
and our Jesus-centered community. If we think back to our scripture two weeks ago, Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs, and what did he tell the disciples? Don't bring any money. Don't bring any food. Don't bring anything else with you. Rely on the hospitality of strangers. Jesus told the disciples, do not bring a safety net. Do not bring that credit card that's just for use in case of emergencies. Bring nothing. Continuing in the scripture. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, at this point the man had left. And Jesus says, how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to each other, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals it's impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. What I really want to highlight here is the disciples' response. Then who can be saved? Because this is what they heard. If the wealthy can't get in, what chance do I have? If those with enough money and riches and possessions and status and power, if they can't get it, I don't have a chance. Because remember, money's a great safety net. And here Jesus says it very plainly. For mortals, for all of us, it's impossible meaning that there is nothing that we can do to guarantee or to earn salvation. There's nothing we can do. But for God, or language we use here more regularly by God's grace, all things are possible. Jesus is saying that there are no safety nets, there are no mechanisms of this world that can overtake or overpower what God is doing. Peter catches on to this. And Peter says, look, we've left everything and followed you. So Jesus tells Peter, truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. At this point, we're back just on the roller coaster of Peter's everyday life with these mountains and these valleys, these ups and downs. And Peter here is saying, Jesus, we did it. What you told him to do when he left because he couldn't do it, we did it. We've left everything. We have no safety net left. And Jesus replies with another reversal, as we've been talking about for the last seven weeks through Mark. First will be last, and the last will be first. Which leads us perfectly into our Lenten sermon series, what we're going to be focusing on here, which is titled, you'll see it on the front of your bulletin, The Call to Serve, and then ellipses, or I like to say, The Call to Serve, dot, dot, 
stopped. Each week we'll be hearing another story on this path to Holy Week and looking at it from the specific lens of what does this passage tell us about what it means to follow Christ, to serve in Christ's footsteps. And what we learn from this story today is that about the call to serve is to do it boldly. To serve boldly without a safety net. But the thing is, I really like safety nets. So what do we do? Well, I think here's a great illustration of it. In preparation for what we're going to be trying in prayer later today, it's something that worship committee and a few other groups have talked about multiple times. And a lot of the times that we spoke about it as the worship team, and I didn't realize this till looking back after it, we spent a good amount of time discussing all the different safety nets we could put in place for trying this new prayer practice with the congregation. And it wasn't until a good amount of conversation that we eventually said, okay, we've discussed a lot of options here. Let's just be bold and go for it. And we're only got to have one safety net. You got to start somewhere, right? So we have one safety net. But we could have had 15. We had the ideas for them all. But see, here's the thing with it. If we look at this, say, serve boldly, cast off your safety nets, and then we want to apply it to each of our own individual lives, I'll speak for myself here, that would have been a whole lot easier for me to do 20 years ago than it would be today. It's one thing for me when I was younger, and when my checking account had $3.22 in it, say, Jesus, I'm giving it all away. That's a whole lot easier then. When I didn't have a family and children, and bills to pay, it's a whole lot easier to throw it all to the side. Or to give it. And that's what we saw in the scripture today, right? The man grieved because he had so much that he was looking at losing. So what do we do with this? Because the call for us to serve boldly is absolutely still there. It is throughout all of the Gospels. It is throughout Mark. We've heard the stories. We've heard one today. We will hear more. But there's a little more to it than that. One hallmark of a good church is a church that affirms and enables others to go out and to serve boldly. Think back to the disciples going out in pairs. Did they leave without personally carrying a safety net? Yes. But what did Jesus tell them? Knock on the door of the first house you see and ask them to feed you and to give you a place to sleep. Jesus says, your community around you where you go, they're going to be your safety net. They're going to be the ones that enable you to go and to serve boldly. The role of a church or global the church, one of the roles, is to be that safety net for the community that enables others to be able to follow Christ, whatever that may look like. So what do we do with that? Well, we create a Lenten challenge mission around that. 
And we discuss and we look at what are ways that we can be the safety net for others in our community and in our communities. And we're going to be highlighting what we're going to be doing as a church. Come on up, Janet Anderson. We're going to be highlighting what we're going to do that with a special Linton opportunity. And Janet has got to give us some more information on a way we're going to seek to live that out. Are we on? You could have gotten part of his sermon. So on behalf of the mission team, I'm really pleased to share about our 2024 Lenten challenge. Like you needed another bulletin insert, at least this one's a little bigger, so uh, hopefully you were able to hang on to it. It's not out in the narthex, like those little ones happen sometimes. Um, and so we wanna talk about this call to service. And today, from a mission perspective, we're looking at neighbors in need. And PCWS will be partnering with Beds Plus this Lent, and we're gonna further support their mission helping the homeless and those who are eminently at risk of homelessness. And for those of you who haven't heard about Beds Plus or haven't followed their story in these last years, I wanna share a little bit about their work um, in the suburbs of Cook County. They started in 1988 uh, in LaGrange with a variety of faith and lay leaders. They initially provided a seasonal overnight shelter for the homeless at various churches around the community. And it obviously became apparent in a short period of time that more than a safe overnight place was needed to help people to move forward. So they added case management and they added other services to help people in the community move forward from homelessness. And then they have expanded into the southwest suburbs as part of their network. In 2018, they opened their first permanent supportive housing facility. You see it at the corner of Ogden and East Avenue. Um, and there they are able to take people with disabilities who've been chronically homeless and provide them long-term housing, case management, and other supportive services. BEDS also has over 100 scattered site apartments throughout the suburbs where people with a history of chronic homelessness are able to be housed and again receive supportive services. Last spring in Summit, they opened the Sokol Service Center and this is a medical respite facility. It's only the second one in Cook County. It provides shelter and medical needs on a long-term basis for people who are just too fragile to be living outdoors, recovering from illness or injuries. So that's just down the street uh, in Summit. So there in 30 seconds is 36 years of BEDS history. So this is bringing us to the point where PCWS is gonna come in. So in November, they opened the triage transition center in Burbank. It's near uh, O'Hare, uh, sorry, Midway Airport. And this is the program that we're gonna support through the Lenten Challenge. And we're really excited to be helping because this is a new shelter. It's also a state pilot program. And so the success of this will have impact on how homelessness and the risk of homelessness will be addressed in the coming years. So through our Lenten Challenge, we are gonna be collecting some basic necessities to help residents move forward in dignity and self-esteem. So you will see some purple collection boxes, one in the narthex, one down by the Graham Charter Room, and we're asking you to supply new underwear, any style for adults, and we're also looking to collect full-size new toiletry items, 
You'll see in the handout, uh, we've got bar soap, we've got body wash, body lotion, shampoo, conditioner. And if you are like me and you can't remember those things and you don't want to look it up on the phone, uh, down on the bulletin board, you'll find a little tag. It has those things item uh, listed. You'll also find some tags uh, by the purple box out in the narthex. So we also know that not everyone is a shopper. So we offer another way for people to participate. Breakfast is an important start to every day. And with that in mind, we are raising funds to provide nourishment for the residents so they can journey forward with energy and strength each day. Our goal is to raise $4,000. We want to provide a daily meal for the 80 residents for 40 days. Hmm, sounds like Lent, 40 days. So we want to provide these healthy breakfast items so children can go off to school fully nourished, the adults can go off to interviews or training or other needed activities so they are nourished as they move their lives forward also. And of course, Lent wouldn't be Lent without a pop-up event, so we will be putting together uh, laundry kits on the 17th of March. Clean clothes are another basic necessity for people, and laundry kits are super important for our BEDS clients. And BEDS is almost out of kit, kits, so the children are going to put some together this morning, but they don't know that yet. Don't tell anyone, okay? And the adults are going to try and catch up with them, and so in a couple weeks, we will be putting together laundry kits too. But the other part that will be very exciting that day on March 17th is that Tina Rounds, who is the director, executive director of BEDS, will be here. And she is a dynamic speaker. She can tell you lots more about BEDS than I will, and it will be a lot less uh, statistics and a lot more fun. Um, and so she is going to be here to talk with us and share about how they've been working with people that are imminently at risk of homelessness. And we know a little bit about that from our uh, Lenten challenge a few years ago when we raised money to help with prevent evictions. Um, and she'll also talk about how they're helping people that are experiencing homelessness. So we hope that you'll find a way to participate in this call to service, helping our neighbors in need. If you have questions, ask a member of the mission team. Um, if you need a reminder, there's a tag around the building. Um, and we've had a really strong relationship with BEDS. And we want to continue to have that relationship and to build it and to be safety nets for lots of people in our community that need that extra hand up. Thanks. Thank you. One thing I want to make sure that we highlight, as Janet covered a lot of information really well for us, is that this is a pilot program that's just starting out that we're partnering with. It being a pilot program is that we have the possibility here through this ground level partnership to look at creating some more systemic, positive uh, change in the way that we as, as a society, as a state, perhaps as a nation, are able to view homelessness and a way back to full integration into society and to, um, to the lives that they are called and would like to live. So we have a tremendous opportunity here in front of us. And coming back to our story today, I just want to highlight that there are times in our lives when we are called to go out as missionaries like the disciples in Paris. And there are times when we are called to identify those missionaries, to give them our love and support, and to send them out. There are times in our lives when we are called to ourselves go without a safety net trusting in others. And there are times in our lives when we are called to be the safety net and to show others that they are not alone, that they are loved, that they are children of God, and that we value them. And this is our opportunity this Lent 
to put that belief that I know we share into action once again. Amen.